The role of the chair in a successful merger. Bankers around the globe are getting ready for a wave of corporate takeovers. COVID-19 has changed the position of many private and family-owned business, and they are forced to exit earlier than expected. Others had to put plans on hold to see how COVID pans out. While it is easy to build the case for mergers and acquisitions on paper, most fail and destroy value for their shareholders. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. I'm delighted to speak with one of the most respected chairmen in the UK, Phil Eichen. Phil is the mastermind behind combining Cambridge-based Aviva and Schneider Electronics Industrial Software Business. The merger is widely regarded as success, but the story does not end there. It's officially announced that the firm has bought data company Ozithor in a deal expected to boost its market value to more than 10 billion pounds, making Aviva Britain's most valuable software firm. Aviva PLC is listed in London on the FTSE 100. Phil, we are really honored to have you on the Better Boards podcast series. Thank you so much for joining us, particularly in a week like this. I mean, what a story, which we will unpick a little bit in this podcast. Yes, it's been very exciting. It's a great uh, opportunity for Aviva to once again do a very successful acquisition. So your colleagues refer to you as really the mastermind behind the merger of Cambridge-based Aviva and initially Schneider Electronics. The merger is regarded as a great success. And this week, of course, it was announced that you bought Ozisoft, making Aviva Britain's most valuable software firm. You're all too aware that most mergers only look good on paper, but end up destroying value. Let's look at this. What made you think that combining the businesses would really work? Well, it's um, very simple, really. My attitude always has been whenever you look at an M&A opportunity, you've got to make sure it strategically makes sense. I think far too often people make acquisitions to grow or, or just do things that they think would make the company bigger. In our case, I think both Schneider Electric and myself convinced ourselves very early in the piece that putting our two portfolios together created a bigger and better company. And then we worked very hard for two years to actually do the deal. So I think really it was really based on a strategic imperative. I mean, Aviva at that stage was a relatively small company with basically a very limited product range. And we were either going to do a deal and get bought by somebody else. And so once we'd agreed the strategy made sense, we got on with it. And I think I'll take some of the credit, but I'll also give a lot of credit to Schneider Electric and their chairman, uh, John Pascal. And really, I think the success of it was um, commitment of the very senior management to make it work. Well, I mean, as you said, you were surrounded by great people, but of course, you are widely credited to having worked wonders, as the Times called it in uh, 2019, in merging Aviva and Schneider. Let's look a bit at the wonders you performed. The integration stage is very often referred to as the most problematic, contributing to a failure of mergers. The problem in the integration phase very often have to do with the human factor, employees coping with cultural differences, politics, lack of communication. 
What have you done as a chairman to really add value? Well, I think we were very clear up front that we said very much, I mean, when you do a merger of two companies, there are going to be winners and losers. And we were very clear up front that we would be very fair and very objective. So if there was a person from Schneider Electric Software and a person from Aviva, we assessed the two people and we said best person for the job. So I think it was that honesty up front, which people understood and knew uh, where we're coming from. I think the other thing we did, we clearly up front had a steering committee on the integration. We were very, very upfront and we did move very quickly. We did not waste a lot of time. I've always got a feeling that when you do something like this, it's very important that you are upfront with people. You tell them what's happening, but it's very important that you do it quickly so the people who are staying and are going in the senior roles know they have a future job and therefore they can get on with it. There's nothing worse than dragging it out over a period of time. So I think it's being very honest, moving quickly. We also had the advantage in the case of Aviva Schneider deal that we'd got to know each other over a period of time and therefore we knew very quickly who we were going to put into most of the roles. But really, you know, it's got to be that you've got people, I go back to my original answer, people who think that the merger makes sense, that the strategy is there because people buy into it if they think there is a company which has a good future. And honesty and speed are, I think, the important issues. What have you done? You alluded to some of the things, but what have you done to support key executives during the integration? Personally, as chairman, I was not directly involved in a lot of the key sort of discussions with management, but I worked very closely with the people who were in charge of the integration. We had a combined team from two sides. And certainly I spent a lot of time talking to individuals who worried about their future, not sure where they were going. And I think the role of the chairman is really to act as an advisor and also as a supporter. But myself and Peter are patrons of the integration team, and we both gave advice to both sides on the way through. So I think really the great success here was making sure that the people in charge of doing the integration were getting on with it. We constantly were getting feedback virtually every week at the beginning and then every couple of weeks as we went through. But I think making sure things took place and being available to counsel people, advise people, and also in a couple of cases, my own particular case, advising people who actually were moving out of the organization. Now, let's make the point here. We did not lose a lot of people. The merger of Aviva and Schneider was really about the future. It was about growth. So we weren't as though we were doing a merger where we were cutting a lot of costs. We made synergies, obviously, in real estate and back office and legal and accounting areas like that. But I mean, the frontline people, it was really about making two and two equal five. We weren't about two and two becoming three. So my view here was very strong. This was a little bit easier because we were a growth we were a growth merger, not a merger which was based on a big reduction in costs. What is your view? How can a board best support a chairman during the integration phase? Well, I mean, we were quite lucky. We'd had quite a few changes to the board. We took the board and individual members of the board went to the sites. And really, the role of the board was just, sorry, the role of the members of the board was really just to continue to give that same message 
that the board was totally committed. We were behind the uh, acquisition. And I think you could say that we worked as one. One of the great benefits of any board, and I think it's a very important part, is having the right balance of people. We often talk about uh, gender and ethnicity these days on boards, but I'm really about having a mix of skills. And the Aviva board with the two Schneider Electric appointments had a very good balance of skills. And therefore, we were able to use those skills to go into parts of the organisation as the integration. So I think it really was committed to the deal. Yeah, absolutely. You can fully support this. Another factor after the human factor are, of course, poor strategies. And lots of large organisations employ, of course, armies of consultants. How do you define the role of a chair and the board in setting the right strategy? Well, you know, I think senior management has to come up to the board with the strategy. My view is that the board's role is to make suggestions, think through the strategy and to improve it for the management. I'm spending a lot of time on operational issues. I see their number one priorities as being the corporate governance, a strategy and succession. I see that as being the three roles the board really must play. So I'm a great believer that the board works with senior management to set the strategy for the group. But the strategy has to be set by the chief executive and his management team. And it's the board's role to challenge it, to make suggestions, and at the end of the day, sign invitation. I'm not a huge believer in great long days of strategic meetings. I know a lot of companies have two or three day strategy sessions. I believe you set the strategy and then every meeting you sort of review it, you review parts of it. And then you might do a check every 12 months or so. But I think people who think that they can get a board to sit down for a couple of days mm-hmm. once a year and that's their strategy session, I don't think that's a very good way of doing it. And what have you done to really oversee the implementation of the strategy? Well, I think um, like anything, everything's really got to tie back to the strategy. So what we do in Aviva is every month, uh, Craig Heyman, the CEO, gives the board an update on something which is part of the strategy. I mean, it's just an ongoing dialogue, really. And where we have things which are going a little bit slower or going a little bit off direction, he'll report back to the board and we'll, um, we'll monitor it. I mean, to some degree, I'm, again, a great believer in keeping it fairly simple and fairly straight. I think one of the problems boards often do is trying to get into too much detail. So to me, there's, you know, four or five strategic directions. You, I mean, in the case of Aviva, we're very much said what it is. I mean, one of the things which we've said is moving more of our customers to subscription. That is one of our strategic priorities. And we monitor virtually every month. So mm-hmm. I think the board's role is once the strategy is set in place, to set the KPIs which come back to the board and you can see whether it's on track or it's going behind. It's a little bit easier uh, probably in a company like Aviva than it might be in, say, a mining company or a company where you've got many more moving parts, many more sort of physical assets. I think the board's role really is to set the KPIs, monitor them, and then again its role is to critically review, make suggestions, and if the management's struggling with um, some areas, individual members of the board use their skills to assist the management in moving the strategy forward. Now to summarise, what is, in your view, the role of the chair in a merger? Well, probably one of the most important things a chairman is going to do in his tenure, there's probably two most important things. One is to select the CEO, and most chairmen at some stage during their tenure have to select the CEO. 
And I think the second one is if you do a merger is to make sure the merger takes place. And I think you made the comment, there are a lot of mergers which aren't successful. And in fact, I think if you look at all the statistics, most mergers and most M&A activities fail. And to me, the chairman's role is to very much make sure that, number one, the acquisition makes sense. If it makes sense, make sure you don't overpay, not just financially, but you finish up into businesses that you you have no great reason to actually own. And then I think it's really about keeping the management focused, having good KPIs to understand, having milestones. Certainly in the case of Aviva Schneider acquisition, we had a list of milestones from mundane things like shutting offices, merging offices, to strategic imperatives like increasing the amount of subscription business we had. And really, we monitored it month by month. And whenever there was an issue which looked as though it was off track or wasn't going in the right direction, you know, the board was aware of it. We put resources into making sure it happened. But at the end of the day, it's the chief executive's responsibility to run the business. It's the chairman's responsibility to run the board. But the board gives the direction and signs off the strategy. And therefore, that relationship between the chairman and the CEO, where the chairman supporting the CEO is the important one. You know, one of the things that often gets discussed is about who owns the culture of the company. And mm-hmm. when you do an acquisition or a merger, like the one we did, we had two very different organisations, Aviva, a Cambridge-based small company, Schneider, a multinational French company. But the culture really was developed by the senior management, by the executive management. Mm -hmm. The board continually monitored, gave ideas, challenged, continued to review it. And I really see that responsibility about monitoring, giving ideas, giving suggestions, making sure the things are important. And that's what I think due in an acquisition. What do you expect from your non-executive directors? What's their contribution? How can they best support the chair? Well, I don't think there's a generic answer to that because people are all different. One of the things that you often find as a chairman, there are certain non-executive directors who like to have one-on-ones with you. There are others that actually like to do things in their own right. So I think it's about understanding what the needs of the non-executive director are and what they can add to the business. So I don't think there is a generic answer to that. I really think it depends on the individuals and the roles they play. So to me, you know, I don't want to give a sort of a general answer because mm-hmm. I think it depends on the, on the individual non-executive's role. But one thing I am very keen about and I think is very definite is uh, the old term of cabinets uh, solidarity. I mean, the thing that I would not tolerate or would not uh, have is a director making a comment in a boardroom and then making that comment outside the boardroom. I believe very much the board should be seen as one. And if you're going to have discussions and disagreement, have it in the boardroom. But once you come out of the boardroom, the management and all all of the employees have to see the board as one. So I look for the individual contributions of the directors and the skills that they've brought to the board from their experiences in their executive sit on other boards and they can give ideas they hear from other sides. So I think it's an important part of, uh, of that journey. I mean, I had a great fortune to get to know your board and you make it look so easy, Phil, but we all know it isn't easy. What do you really do to bring out the best in the non-executive directors? How do you support them? I've got a fairly, I'd say, 
positive attitude towards life. I believe people are innocent till they're proven guilty. I think sometimes a lot of people think <laughs> go the other way around. And so I just try to be very open with all of the directors. And, you know, when you say make it look easy, you know, if someone comes up with an idea, I'll try to let them air it and I'll let them get their time to say it. And then at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision which might be to agree or disagree. Well, they're the most important things. And I find it very difficult working with people who are open and honest. I put the two together, but a person who's fairly open is usually fairly honest. And um, I don't think I could tolerate having a board where I had people who I didn't trust as being open in their comments and whatever it is. So I try to have a board meeting which is fairly free-flowing. Every now and then you've got to, you know, say, hey, come on, we've had enough on that topic, you've got to stop it. But I think one of the important things is um, just letting people have their opportunity to express their comments, give them an opportunity to debate it and then move on to the next issue. But maybe it's my Australian heritage um, Maybe it's uh, Australians are inclined to be more upfront and uh, and open, and I just think having an open environment is very mm. important. So to summarise, what shall listeners of this podcast really take away? I think the takeaway for me is if you're looking at a board and a chairman, I think you've really got to think about what your priorities are, and I think the takeaway would be is that life is not simple. We live in a very dynamic world. Who would have thought six months ago we'd be where we are today? So I think a board's role is not to get in the minutiae of the day-to-day operations of the company. It is to support management. It's to challenge management. And at the end of the day, it is to make sure the company has a strategy and it's implementing it properly. I made the comment before, to me, the most important thing a board does is strategy, succession, and governance. Operations are important. You've obviously got to monitor the results from month to month and quarter to quarter, but that really is the role of senior management. And I think my comment would be to anybody, you know, set your priorities, understand what are the priorities and make sure you get on with them. And obviously, you know, on the main topic of today, if you're doing an M&A, that becomes a number one priority for a board. Once you've done the deal, to make sure the deal is successful, the integration takes place, the culture is is brought together and you have a successful company for the future. And quite seriously, the deal we announced this week with OSI Soft, I think the owner of OSI Soft saw Aviva as the sort of company he would like to see his company become part of. And I think of that is a lot of that is driven by the success of the integration of the Aviva and Schneider Uh, electric software um, deal we did three years ago. Fantastic, Phil. Thank you ever so much. It was a great honor to have you. Thank you so much. How can we help you and your board to become more effective? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. Get in touch. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.